Hello everyone, welcome to the Memorial Heights Baptist Church Podcast. Here you'll find archived all of our previous messages dating back to late 2020. Our hope is that today's message would be encouraging to your walk with Christ. We also want to thank you for spending time listening today and encourage you to share these messages with a friend so they too might hear the Word of God. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get to it. You may be seated. Told me not to give him uh, a long introduction this morning, but I got the microphone, so I can talk as long as I want. Uh, I graduated from uh, Calvary in 1991 and uh, went to school before that with Tammy. So I've known Tammy for, I won't tell you how long, but a long time. And uh, when I was uh, still in school, right before I graduated, Dan came to the school as well. And uh, back then, I don't know if you know this or not, but we used to call you Dan the Man <laughs> and as, as students. And uh, it's been my great privilege to uh, watch how God has used Dan now. 30, he's in his 33rd year at the school. Dan is now the administrator, and he's also the uh, pastor of education at uh, Calvary Baptist Church. And so as a... Um, a former teacher now, a former alumni, now most importantly, right, the parents of a first grader at Calvary, and uh, also have the privilege of serving uh, with Dan on the school board. Uh, it's been uh, great to call Dan a friend, and so Dan, why don't you come and share God's word with us this morning? Thank you very much, Dan. You stay right here a second. Oh, okay. And if um, you can hear me, I just want to uh, express my appreciation to DJ. Um, for some reason, I can't get away from him. He, he came as a student, uh, came to teach, and uh, now as a parent and working on the school board. And so, uh, DJ, I would like to present to you, um, uh, Calvary is entering our 50th year. And so um, I want to con uh, congratulate the school. And so we are handing these out to uh, commemorate 50 years of ministry. And so here's a pen. I hope it works. And there is a letter opener. Please don't hurt yourself. So, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, it is a privilege to be here this morning. And uh, my wife and I were kind of rehearsing some of the different people that might be here this morning and uh, some that have been involved in Calvary in one way or another. If you have, would you, I, you don't want to, but I'm going to ask. If you're a parent, you've been a student, would you please stand? You've volunteered and you've worked at Calvary. Would you please stand? They don't want to completely, but uh, thank you very much. Yes, 50 years of ministry. Uh, we're going to look into God's Word here in a minute, but a couple of things before we do that. I want to encourage you, uh, hopefully you were given a prayer sheet, in fact, uh, I can tell you when Rhonda Humbertson was working in the front office a long time ago, we're just going to leave it at that, I was there. <laughs> we didn't have this many people that were involved in our ministry. And we have, um, I have an incredible staff. I love my faculty. I love my staff. I love my students. Uh, most days. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, this, this list is something I would encourage you to hang on your refrigerator. Uh, we are a ministry. 
Uh, yes, we are an educational institution that is founded on God's word. That's where we start. Some people have said, well, what's the difference between your school and the public school down the road? I say, I start in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God. Now, believe it or not, we teach critical race theory at Calvary Christian Academy. Now, for some of you, you're thinking, what? If you know what critical race theory is. Yes, I teach critical race theory. I believe that it's important for our students to understand that in Genesis 1-1, God created the world and he created male and female. That's critical. And the fact that you're a part of the human race. That's our critical race theory at Calvary Christian Academy. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what size you are. I don't care what country you've come from. You are a part of the human race that Christ came and died on the cross for. And he rose from the dead to give you hope. You know, that's not a message that you're going to hear at some of the other schools. But that's what we're founded on at Calvary Christian Academy. And certainly, if you would, I would encourage you to pray for our faculty, for our staff, there are a couple of other things that are listed on there. Uh, we do have a, a campus in Garrett County. Uh, by God's grace, some of us, we kind of wish that we didn't go through COVID. But I can tell you, because of COVID, the Lord has opened a door. It started um, uh, during COVID. We opened a school in Garrett County with 12 students in the attic of a garage that was actually a pretty nice-looking garage plenty of room, and a lady that decided she was tired of what the public school system was putting out. And she quit her job to teach not only her kids, but then others were like, hey, can you teach my kids too? So we started with 12. The next year, we went to 49. This past year, we finished the year with 49 students. Cherry Glade uh, Mennonite Church in Garrett County has partnered with us and have provided um, a space for that campus. This year, we started with 105 students in Garrett County. <laughs> if you'd ask me, uh, Dan, do you want to open a Christian school? Uh, no, I'm doing all I can to run the one I have. But in the Lord's providence, through that, we're now ministering to families. And we have a godly staff that we hold the same standards to, the same academic standards in Garrett County. And I am blessed to be able to work with them and to oversee that campus. They're listed on there as well. Uh, one area that is um, also listed, on the, we have our homeschool umbrella, Robin Park, that serves there. You may also notice Allegheny Boys Camp. And you may not be familiar with Allegheny's Boys Camp, but they're right down here in Old Town. And there is uh, a camp there that's a therapeutic camp. It's not you go for five days. You go for at least 18 months for troubled boys that have been placed there by their families or through recommendations from their churches. They are not placed there by the state or by the courts. The camp is maintained by the, um, the Mennonite churches, and they do an incredible job at working with those boys, whether it's a home situation, whether it's a life, life situation, anger issues. They work to counsel them through God's word and to work on the things that are, are bothering them, things that they need to grow in. And so I am grateful because both my wife and I, we work with the Allegheny Boys Camp. My wife checks over their portfolios. Just like a homeschool family, they'll create a portfolio of the tests, the quizzes, and any projects and work that's been done. They do the same thing there. 
And then my wife sits there and we go through it. Now, they don't sit in a classroom just like we do. Their classroom is outside. And if you, I, I can't go into it completely this morning, but literally they live outside 24 hours, seven days a week. They have to build the tents that they live in. They have to make their beds every morning. And it's got to be neat and everything's got to be straightened out. How would, you, how would uh, some of our students here like that? Chuck, do you, want me to, do you want me to work with your children to make sure that they've got everything nice and neat and clean? Brady says he'd love to go to the boys' camp and learn some things. Um, the ministry that they have there is incredible. And so I'm thankful that as a school, we partner with them. Now, what do we do? What my wife does is she goes through those portfolios and we give credit for what work they have accomplished. They are doing some math pace work. That's about the most academic in terms of what we would use. Um, they're learning how to survive. They actually plan trips. They cook their meals. They plan their meals. And they have to put things together. It's not like when you go to camp, you just do whatever the counselors and the leaders say. Well, of course, they have to do that too. But they're the ones that do the cooking. They're the ones that do the planning. They're the ones that wash the dishes and, and get everything ready. Um, in fact, they'll be making uh, apple cider here. Um, if they haven't already, uh, they will be. Um, all kinds of activities that they do with them for 18 months. And then at the end of that 18 months, it's not really a graduation. They call it party night. Those boys then will be returning to either homeschool, a public school, or a Christian school. And they take with them the transcript that we've created so that that way these boys that are already disadvantaged because of situations in their life, they're not going back and going to be educationally um, behind because they are learning and they are growing. In fact, um, I have said, now students, close your ears. There are times when, you know what, these boys could live on their own. I have students in the classroom, you know what, if mom and dad aren't packing their lunches and making their beds, they can't handle life. But these boys are learning some incredible skills, and so we do partner with them. So those, those are listed on there. Um, we also have opened another campus in Crescent Town, in case you didn't know that. It is the former St. Ambrose uh, Church building. A company purchased the downstairs, and they're a family in the school, and came to me and said, would you be interested in using the upstairs of the facility? Well, yes, I would. Because literally, we are having students. We, we've picked up about 40 students over the past two years. And there comes to a point, we only have so much room. I didn't have enough room for my third grade to move to the fourth grade room. So we've moved the fourth grade out, moved the kindergarten and the pre-K out, and they are now just around the corner, about four blocks up, uh, right next to the Crescent Town Elementary School, which has given us opportunity to present the gospel and be a ministry already to families in the Crescent Town area. And so that campus is, we're running our two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and our kindergarten classes are up there. And so I am so grateful for what God has done and I say this to you, not because it's something that I have done. It's because God has done it. God has brought us to where we're at and ministering. We mentioned and prayed this morning for our country. We are in dire straits in our country. Now, no matter whether you're here this morning and you homeschool your kids or your, your children or students, you're in the public school, it's okay. I'm a little biased. I've been at Calvary for 33 years. But I will tell you the principles that we're going to share from God's Word, it applies to every single one of us here this morning. 
it doesn't matter where we are. Most importantly, more than where you go to school, is have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? That's where it starts. I like what Pastor DJ said this morning, and I know I won't remember it. You're either, you either have Jesus or you're in need of Jesus. I like that, because that's where we're at no matter where you are. And there are those that are around us that need to know there is hope. We are in a society that has lost hope. You can't trust the government. You can't trust the neighborhoods. You can't trust anybody. But I can trust the fact that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. This past week, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was in Washington, D.C. Um, I am part of a leadership group for Christian schools. And um, probably the thing that I enjoyed the most and the person I enjoyed getting to uh, meet the most was um, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz was one of the speakers that came in and spoke to us. I had an opportunity to talk to him before he even went on to, uh, to speak to us. Um, several other senators and representatives were at that meeting. And those are individuals that spoke at this Christian conference and there were two representatives from every state in the United States there for administrators. The opportunity for us to then go and lobby. I went to Senator Von, uh, Van, Von Holland's uh, office, and I made a phone call to David Trone's office because the lady was out that day. And the things that we were working on is things like the Respect for Marriage Act. Fantastic. A church would say, Yes, I want you to respect marriage. But you see what they've done is they've twisted that and said, you need to respect me no matter whether I'm a homosexual, transvestite, or anything. Any, it doesn't matter who you marry. They want to put that in the bills and tie it to money that is being used to, whether it's through CARES funding, there are state funding, and there are things that they want to put in there, and we want the religious exemption in there. So I had an opportunity to be there. But on Tuesday morning, I walked up to see the sunrise on the Capitol building. And before our meetings even started, I walked about two miles up to the Capitol building and prayed for our nation. We need it as a nation. And I did make a post on Facebook. You can be my friend, not be my friend. I really don't care on Facebook, but I will put out truths out there. And as I, I took a picture of the sun on the Capitol building, the only thing that could come to my mind when I stood there was Jesus Christ is still on the throne no matter what these men and women decide. And the opportunity just to be there was, was a blessing. Uh, I'm going to encourage you one other thing. There is on, in the back, if you have teenagers, you have uh, grandchildren that are teenagers or younger, there is a newsletter back there, and I've got, I think I made 20 copies. I can actually email it to you uh, or contact the office uh, here at the church if you are on, watching online, and we can send this to you. This comes from the uh, Center for Parent Youth and Understanding, a very godly individual that helps parents understand the culture we live in. Now, the, we would say the guy's a little on the weird side because... He'll go to the grocery store and pick up a teen magazine. So you got this grown man picking up a teen magazine. Why? Because he wants to understand the culture and help our children and our grandchildren filter what you're seeing and what you're hearing. And so this does a fantastic job. 
Negative Peer Pressure is the title of this. It comes out once a month. There is all kinds of things, belief in God, alcohol in the impact on adolescent brains, um, unruly sports parents. I better stop right there. <laughs> uh, sometimes I have to put my head in my lap at a sports, sporting event. Unruly sports parents. You probably want me to read that. Well, I'll tell you what, you pick it up and back. Um, but he does so and teaches from a biblical perspective. Fantastic resource um, if, you're, if you're interested in that. I have nothing to sell. I just have a ministry to present. And I really, I love my job the same way I did 33 years ago when I started. I love working with students. I love working with the faculty. And I love working with the parents. But probably one of the things most people don't realize is I spend a lot of time counseling parents because of behaviors of their children. What in the world do I do? How can I help my child make good choices? How can I help my child? What can I do? Well, you see, at Calvary Christian Academy, our theme is to provide a Christ-centered education that is based on the Word of God to train the whole child. Key, first of all, spiritually, mentally, socially, emotionally, physically, to be prepared for the fullest, for the glory of God. Now, if you, were, if you do anything with your church's Facebook page, I did look at it uh, in preparing for today. I don't know if anybody knows the answer to this question, but the post yesterday or the day before was, you are a blank for Christ. Who knows what fills in that blank? I heard it. Ambassador. You are an ambassador. No matter where you are in life, no matter who you're dealing with. So as an ambassador, what would you want, what, what should you display? If you were to read today's news, you've got to filter this. Now, some of these I've copied right off the news this morning just because how do you teach the children? How do you, how do you handle the news? You know what? I get tired of the news. I quit watching Fox News. I don't watch CNN. Um, I do three things. I will check out Fox News online, and this is not a political commentary on Fox News. CNN not a political commentary on them. And I also go to the Jerusalem Post. It's called J Post. If you've never been there, it's a great place to go because it gives you um, a sense of what's happening in the world from a Jewish perspective. And I think they're a special group of people, and you guys know that. And so the things that are happening in the Middle East, you see, when we went to war with Russia, there was no more COVID. There was, uh, you know, and then there's the new topic that comes out. And then, you know, suddenly things go away. The war in Russia was gone because of other issues. COVID went away because there were other issues. And they're, they're always putting some major issue, and you suddenly forget about all the other things. So go to the Jerusalem Post and check out what's, happened with, what's happening right now with Iran. What is Israel looking to do to defend themselves? In fact, I will mention it here a little later on. Um, on the Jerusalem Post, if you study future events at all, they're getting the temple ready in Jerusalem. They're getting things prepared. 
and two weeks ago, a farmer from Texas shipped five red heifers to Israel. If you know future events, that's what the priests need and the people need when they touch a dead body. And they need those red heifers to be sacrificed in their ashes to be able to uh, perform ceremonies and things. Coming events, they're happening. You won't read about it on Fox News or CNN. But we know that Jesus Christ is coming, and until then, we want to serve him faithfully. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, while we um, think about just some of the headlines in the news. Democrat candidate blames president as a key group of voters that turns the GOP and says, don't spend a dime or a day. New DA wants to level out the playing field with bail reform. Gasoline prices rise for the fifth straight day. Actually, that was in today's paper. Um, on, I think it was Fox News. And I thought, well, not in Western Maryland, thankfully. At least I don't think it has. Officials urge Floridians to prepare for a major hurricane. 12-year-old girl shoots father as part of a plot with her friend to murder their families run away from home. Abortion, unemployment, police shootings on Ohio young voters' minds for the midterms. Food prices are soaring and our eating habits are changing. Anonymous launches hack, hacking operations against Iran following Amini's death. Monkeypox in the U.S. You see, we're getting all this information in. How in the world am I going to live out my faith? How does what you're coming here on Sunday morning to be refreshed in the Word, what you're studying in your Bible, how do you blend the two together? Because we live in a very perilous times within our own nation. If you had 24 hours to live, I don't have the power to do this, so don't worry, but let's say you were going to die in the next 24 hours and you knew it. What would you share with your children? You knew that your life is going to be over. What would you share? Would you give them advice, advice on how to succeed? Would you tell them where all your money's located? Would you just say, just behave yourself? What would you share with them? Do you want them to be a leader? What does that look like? What is a leader going to look like? What would you share? You see, probably for myself, I would want them to succeed, yes, and I think we want that for our children. We want them to succeed, no matter how old they are. I want them to be a leader, and I want them to not be following poor examples, but setting an example of the believer in every area God calls them to. That's the key to success. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, if you don't have this verse highlighted in your Bible, I would encourage you, if you write in your Bible, I would encourage you to, to verse 12. This is where we're going to focus here this morning. It says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Is that pretty well clear? Let's take a minute and, uh, well, probably a few minutes, and let's kind of tear this apart. 
First of all, Paul is writing to Timothy, and Timothy is considered to be young. We've got some young people here today, but actually this term here, this youth or young, really refers to somebody that's under 40. So you could be 39 and you're still young. I know you may not feel that way this morning, all right? And I think the older I get, the more aches and pains I get. Is that true? Yeah, see, some of you that have experience in road rash from that. He says to Timothy, you are young. Now, we've got some young people here this morning. If we think about youth, what do we generally think about? Why do we look down on youth? Do they, do they always make good choices? Because some of us can look back at our own youth. Did you always make good choices when you were young? No. Now, I will tell you there's um, a story that I do like to share. When um, I was young, younger than I am now, a lot younger, my dad was a pastor in, um, in Pennsylvania, in Western Maryland, uh, Western uh, Pennsylvania. Let's try that again. East, we were in Eastern Pennsylvania. And we, had a, we were, lived in a parsonage, church owned a house, and the barn that was behind it. Now the barn used to be part of a farm. And so there was hay out in the farm or straw because there was no cattle there and it had been there in the barn for a long time. And being young and thinking, you know what? And a boy, fire is a lot of fun to play with. So my brother and I, you know, we, we used those um, pack of matches that they used to give you like at the grocery store and they had them at the counter there, okay? We didn't buy them to light our cigarettes. Instead, we had them, and we would go out in the barn, my brother and I, and somehow I think it was my idea, not my brother's. We would take that straw, and we would light the match, and if you held the match out on the other end, you could smoke that piece of straw. I thought that was really cool. But there was somebody much wiser than me that eventually caught us doing that. That was my dad. My dad caught us lighting matches in a barn that had to be, at least in my mind at that point, 100 years old, and there's nothing but dry hay and straw laying around. Being young and foolish, I didn't think there was a problem, but my dad did. And I can remember my dad, our punishment for that was, quick, turn the online off. We had to light a match we had to have taken an entire pack of matches and light the match and let it burn until it got down to our fingers. And if we dropped it, that meant we opened a new book and got another one out. Now, did I learn my lesson? Yes, I did. I've made a lot of really dumb mistakes. And unfortunately, there are times that my youth comes out and I still make dumb mistakes. But see, Paul is saying to Timothy here, you're young, Therefore, people are not going to want to follow what you say. They're not going to want to listen because you're young. But then he goes on and he says, you know, well, I'm sorry, there's one other thing. When you're young, we often say you're not going to make any really good decisions until you're about 20, 21, when that frontal lobe of your brain develops, where hopefully common sense settles in. And Paul says, don't let those things be what people think of you. 
You see, in Proverbs 22, 15, it says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. You know, we do live in a different society. In fact, I do remember being the last one to witness a student being paddled at Calvary Christian Academy. Now, some of us would say that's a good thing. Some might say, well, it's not a good thing. Um, but I will tell you, I learned a lot of lessons from that stick that my dad kept right next to the door. And I learned that uh, my youth needed to be curbed at times. If you want your children and you want to be a leader, then we've got to be careful that we are living out what needs to happen. So if we look at these verses, it says, it says in verse 12, it says, let no man despise your foolishness. You're going to do stupid things. You're going to be crazy. But you know what? You can also, as 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And usually the difference between that is, is pride. We do not want to ask somebody for forgiveness when we make a bad mistake or we do something that we shouldn't. Man, pride will keep us from saying anything and asking for forgiveness. It then says that we are to, uh, it says, but be. Now I'm going to take just one moment. What does the word be mean? <laughs> be. To be is something that's done, something that is fulfilled, something that is going to come into existence. It'll be brought into being. So I challenge you this morning, the things here that he says and uses after the word be, which is, is what the way the King James names it here, uh, it says, thou an example. So you need to be an example. An example. What kind of example? In fact, I don't know where she, she might be in here. Where's Stacy? Is she in here this morning? There she is, hiding back. Okay. Um, Chick-fil-A. Do most of you remember when Chick-fil-A was in the mall? All right, now they're not, but that's beside the point. And you used to get a sample of the chicken. They would come around on a tray, and some of us would figure out how to get two and three pieces of chicken off the tray. Do you <laughs> yeah, okay, so I wasn't the only one that did that. Mm, thanks. Um, do you know where that chicken came from? Usually what happened was there was a worker in back working on making a sandwich and that piece of chicken would fall to the floor <laughs> and they would pick it up and go, what should I do with this? Well, let's cut it up and give it to people in the mall. Isn't that true, Stacy? No, it's not. <laughs> they wanted that piece of chicken that you were going to be eating, they wanted it to do something called entice. They wanted to entice you. Chances are, it was a warm, juicy piece, fresh, and they were happy to give it to you because they were hoping that you might eat one and then eat a meal there. And it <laughs> we love Chick-fil-A. And so they would entice you, just like whether it's Satan enticing you to do what's wrong, this was something for good. And so Paul says to Timothy, I want you to be enticing. Now, we're not going to go through the characteristics of that piece of chicken on the platter this morning. Now that I've made you hungry, 
you're wanting to know when I'm going to be done because lunch is between, I'm between you and lunch. But let's consider here. He says, you need to be an example in word. The things that you say, the words that you utter, what are the things that you are saying at work, under your breath? What are the things that are coming out of your mouth? Because that is part of that sample, that example. The things that you're sharing. You know what? I have a real hard time with foul language. I've got a hard time with telling dirty stories. I've got a hard time with the things that come out of your mouth. Paul is saying to Timothy, you need to be an example in what you say because people are watching you. In the things that we say, so he says you need to be an example in word. The things that you declare, sometimes there are things that we think that should never come out here. And that's what creates issues for us in life. And sometimes we, we try to hold it in, and when it comes out, you've got to remember you're, you're letting somebody in to what you thought, and it may not be good. And sometimes there are times that you think of good things. Let those out. I'll tell you just a, another quick story. Yesterday, um, I generally don't go to Roy Rogers, Stacy, but I did. Um, is there a Roy Rogers worker in here? No? Okay. Um, and I didn't know anybody in Roy Rogers. My mom is at uh, Allegheny Rehab, and her favorite food is mashed potatoes and gravy. All right? And so Roy Rogers got some great mashed potatoes and gravy. So I went through the drive-thru before I went up to see mom. And when I went through the drive-thru, I ordered the mashed potato and gravy, and I pulled up to the window. And I was able to look, and there were about four workers in there, plus the young lady that was at the window. She was very kind, took my money, gave me my change back, very polite, and I'm watching the workers in back. And they are just chit-chatting, having a good time, but they're working, which is a good thing. And you see that they're doing things and they're having conversations. So whatever they were talking about, they were having a great time. So I actually asked, once I got the mashed potatoes, I said, may I speak to the manager? And so the manager came over. Of course, anytime you ask for the manager, they're thinking you're going to complain about something. My first statement out of my mouth was, I'm not going to complain about anything. But I want you to know that I have watched your workers in back, and I don't know any of them, and I'm sitting here at the drive-thru, and they seem to be having a good time. But yet they're working. And then she goes on and tells me, you know what? They enjoy it. In fact, they hate to go home. They enjoy working there. So there's a little advertisement for Roy Rogers, but I took and I made sure that I pointed out something good. Sometimes we miss and we don't say the positive things. It is much easier for us to say the negative things. I can tell you whether it's Calvary Christian Academy or it's myself, you know what, if you want some negative things, stand in line behind me. Not, life is not always a bed of roses. And some of the things that go on, we get frustrated with, but what comes out of our mouth? What are the things that we say? He goes on and says here, in conversation. Now, this is not a verbal conversation. This conversation here is really you living out loud without saying a word. 
like those workers, I could see physically they were having a good time. They were smiling, and I never heard a word they said. What do people think when they see you and you don't even open your mouth? Sometimes we open our mouths and we remove all doubt. Okay? What is the conversation that you have? I know as a teacher and some of the students here, as far back as even Stacy um, and Molly, uh, Molly, I didn't have Molly. I'm not that old. You were in class with my wife, correct? Yeah. But when you walk into a classroom, or you see, we can pick on Pastor DJ, when you see the teacher walk into the classroom, can you tell what kind of mood they're in the minute they walk in that room? <laughs> and like I said, then you open your mouth and you remove all doubt. They know that you're not in a good mood that day. We can portray a mood, an example, as a testimony just by the way we conduct ourselves. We have to be very careful that we are that sample, that we conduct ourselves well. Can you imagine that Chick-fil-A worker walking up to you and saying, here, have a piece of chicken? <laughs> Chances are that's not going to happen. All right, now I know, so they also handed out pretzels down the hall too, because I got those samples. <laughs> so it's not just Chick-fil-A, this is not a message about Chick-fil-A. But I, I really like that illustration because that's where it comes into. So whether it's the words that we say, the way that we conduct ourselves, and then he says here, in charity. Guess what charity is? It's not about you. It's about everybody else around you. You guys are collecting, um, I saw in the announcements, you're collecting uh, coats for the Union Rescue Mission. Fantastic. I showed you the video of what we're doing at Calvary Christian Academy. We've done this now. We've done it four years. This will be our fifth. In rate, We raise money. We create these meals in this bag that can then be, be warmed up. In fact, this year we're doing macaroni and cheese. Yes. And it can be put in a bag, and then it gets warmed up for people that need food. I don't know if you know it or not, but there are pantries all over this area. And those pantries are used whether it's some of the bigger ones, whether it's the Union Rescue Mission, or other, there are churches, there are groups that have pantries. And so what we do is we share those meals and keep them all locally here. And we help feed those that are in need. That's charity. It's not about us. It's not about the dollar in my pocket. It's about sharing and how can I help out. Whether it's coats, whether it's this, what, helping out a neighbor. What is it that is that you do to serve others. That's what charity is. Are you known as an individual that helps others? And I know we often think of that as, as money. You know, sure, sure, everybody could always use more money. And some there's always a need. You can never actually um, fill a need to the point that it'll never need to be filled again. But I can be a steward of what God has given me. Do you loan stuff out of your house? No, I don't loan that out. That's my special tool. That stuff you are just a steward of. Your love is demonstrated by saying, you know what, I've got a truck. I can haul that. I can, I can come over and help out. I can babysit the kids for a while so that you have an opportunity to, to do something. Charity is always based on others, not yourself. What do you have? 
that you can share. He then here says, in spirit. In spirit. What makes you do what you do? Your decisions inside. Proverbs says that it's out of the heart that the issues flow. You see, our spirit, when we die, it's just, it's just a body laying there in the casket. But while we're alive, our spirit, what do we like? What are the decisions? What are the choices that we are making? What is driving us, our personality? Once that human soul leaves the body, our spirit is gone. There is no more personality. It's just a facade that held us. Our spirit, what are the issues inside your heart that are coming out? And then I want to look here just lastly at, the, well, I'm sorry, what two? Faith. He says our faith. And you know what? You are a testimony this morning to your faith because you are sitting here in church. You know what? Your neighbor knows that you left the house. Your family knows that you've left the house and you've come to church or you're here on a Sunday evening, or you're part of a Bible study, or is there any room left in the Weight Watchers program? Man, I would love that. Your friends, family, neighbors, they know whether you're fake or not. I don't know what brought you here to church this morning. I would hope that it's your love for the Lord. If it's just for music... You're in the wrong place. If it's just for that girl that's there, well, sometimes that's a good motivator. I didn't meet my wife in church, by the way. I met her in Bible college. What is it, why are you here this morning? I would hope that it's a demonstration of your faith. You are here to gather as a group of believers to encourage each other. My mom used to say, if you don't feel good, then you're going to church anyway because... Going to church isn't always about you. It's about the testimony and the others that you may encourage. Now, it was true that if we produced something, we could stay home. I did not fake that. Just letting you know. Our faith. People are watching. Does your faith match what's coming out of your mouth and what your lifestyle is communicating, your conversation? Because if not, what do we call those people? Hypocrites. People are watching us. Paul says to Timothy, be an example in your faith. Then he says, last thing there, impurity. I want to finish with purity. And really, it's a whole other message series on purity. We live in a society where, in fact, I did leave my cell phone right down on the pew because I had a lot of stuff in my pockets. That cell phone, that is one of the most dangerous, no, it is the most dangerous tool we carry around. And parents give it to their kids, unfiltered. You want to talk about purity? And purity of thoughts, for boys it's one thing, for girls it's different, because God's made, remember, only male and female. And that phone, 
as grown men can be a problem. You see, it never used to really be a problem. I can remember years ago at Calvary, we wrote a letter to Sheets, which was like right at the corner at that point in time, because they had had the pornographic magazines right down at the bottom. And we're like, there's kids coming in here. We, we, we don't want those magazines. Can we encourage Sheets to put them at least on the top rack? You see, you don't have to go to a store to buy it now. It's there on the Internet. Our attitudes, our actions, purity is more about what are you when the lights go out, when nobody else is around. What is your character like? You see, Paul says to Timothy, you need to be making pure decisions. That's where you need to be setting an example. And I will tell you what, any one of these, you can call me a hypocrite too, because I fail. But this is the example that we're challenged day in and day out to be. And so when Paul says to Timothy, these things, it's interesting, you would almost think that he was living in 2022. We need this more than ever. This is our theme for the year at Calvary Christian Academy. It is what we're trying to do in our students. And I would love to say that every single graduate that we have walks by this. They don't, but I know this. That's the foundation they're going to get at Calvary Christian Academy. Let me finish with one thing here. We have stopped and we have considered, what are our goals for our graduates at Calvary? What do we want our seniors to look like? CCA seeks to develop students who demonstrate a Christ-like character by having a personal knowledge of Christ in a relationship with Him as their Savior, actively living as a disciple of Christ by demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit, understanding, articulating, and practicing a biblical worldview, responding to the needs of others, and going and making other disciples. <laughs> That's almost taken right out of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. That's what we need. We need students that will display a commitment to our community and to the world by passionately impacting their world for Christ, being open to change without compromising moral and biblical standards. You missed that. Let me read it again. We want students who will display a commitment to their community and to the world by being open to change, willing to listen, without compromising moral and biblical standards. Students who exhibit a competence in academics. Yes, you know what? We want them to know their math, reading, writing, arithmetic, you name it. We want the students to know those things. But we're going to do it from a biblical foundation at Calvary Christian Academy. I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve there. If you are interested in anything about Calvary, you're more than welcome to call us. Um, we have information packets. We can share all that. But you know what? Most of all that I'm concerned about this morning, as much as I love Calvary Christian Academy, I'm concerned for you. If Paul was writing to you, and he did in writing to Timothy, are you setting an example? Are you enticing just like the sample 
of Chick-fil-A. Are you displaying a Christ-like attitude and letting it come out in your life with everything you do? Let's pray. Our Lord and Father, as we come before you this morning, Father, we ask that you would be with the hearts and minds that have, have heard your word this morning. Father, for mine as well. It's challenging in this world to be the example, the godly example that we should be. But most of all, may we be able to meditate on your word this morning and throughout this week, and may we consider what impact we're having for you and those that are around us. We ask, Father, now that you would just challenge our hearts, that we would be willing to come and confess that we've failed, and that, Father, you're willing to brush us off and start us again. Thank you for loving us. And, Father, if there is one here today that, you know what, that sounds good, they'd like that, but without knowing what Jesus did on the cross for them, may they come to know what Jesus came and did for them and be able to have eternal life. Father, use this message this morning in the lives of those that are here, those that have watched online, and we look forward to seeing, Father, how you will continue to give the increase. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dan, for that uh, powerful challenge and message. Let me just say I've had the privilege of serving on the school board for nine months now, and I've just been blown away by how God has answered prayer and how God has moved and blessed. And uh, so I'm, I'm a CCA parent. I'm a CCA product. If you uh, are seeing this and thinking, well, I'd love to, but we just don't have the resources. We do have uh, programs and scholarships, and so I'd encourage you to, to uh, get information either through Dan or the website or call the office. But uh, this is really about God's Word today and about uh, the challenge that God has placed on all of us who know Him uh, to be the example that He's called us to be. We are the only Bible that some people will ever read. We are all ambassadors. And so as we stand together and sing this closing hymn, I would just uh, ask uh, that you would make this uh, a prayer. And uh, I would just ask that you would, as you stand uh, with us as we close, uh, if you have a need, our, our deacons, our deacons' wives are available to, to pray with you, but maybe you have a need right where you are. Uh, you can make a decision right where you're standing, right where you're praying. Uh, and, and I would just again invite you, if you do not know Christ, you need him, and we would love to talk with you uh, about how you can know that your sins are forgiven and you have hope in Jesus. The hope is available to you. Would you come? Let's sing this hymn together.
tonight. Uh, we'll be, uh, I can't promise that I'll finish the message tonight because we're talking about the rapture. So I hope that you'll be back with us tonight at 630. We'll have kids choir and uh, youth tonight as well at 630. And then uh, next Sunday morning, Revelation chapter one. Hope that you'll be here. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, uh, it's been good to be uh, gathered together as your body, as your family this morning. And God, we just pray that the words of uh, this message, God, your uh, promise to us, God, that you will enable us to be an example, but God, you're also challenged to us to be that example. Uh, God, we pray that we would carry this message with us today and throughout this week. God, we love you and thank you. We give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. play something. That's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you'd like to know how, give one of our pastors a call at 301 724 5876. We would love nothing more than to share the good news with you. If you've never joined us in person, we have services multiple times throughout the week that we would love to see you at. They are Sunday morning Bible study at 9.15 a.m., Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m., Sunday evening service at 6.30 p.m., and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. We also have opportunities for our students to gather. The youth group for grades 6 through 12 meets at 6 o'clock p.m. on Sundays, and our WANA program for 6th grade and under meets at 6.15 p.m. on Wednesdays. Again, we thank you for joining us today, and we hope to see you soon. But until next time, stay faithful.